What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Horror Movie Night, and we have got a fever, and that fever is for X-Ray, also known as Hospital Massacre, picked by our good friend here, Scott, and we're joined by my little baby brother, B. Kelly. How you doing, Brian? I am doing well. Well, that's good, because if you weren't, we'd have to take you to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I know Scott's going to walk us through the plot line of this, but... uh, Right out the gate, my first note just says, ooh, Canon Films, this should be good. Yeah, Yeah. and it (laughs) is not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I apologize in general for this. Um, I think I remembered it with more titties than it actually had. (laughs) Yeah, there's one scene. (laughs) Yeah, you really really sold me on the tits, and there was was one scene, and it was a checkup. It was was for health reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I really am sorry. I I was watching this. I'm like, shit, shit, shit. Sorry, guys. Because it's slow. It is a slow watch. Yeah. But it's like, I will say, this isn't like the, this isn't like a reason to like this movie at all. But like, 
holy shit, when they kill people, there is so much blood. Like, this is nuts. Ridiculous, though. (laughs) It's like one of the bloodiest movies we've ever watched. The first one I found, I looked it up on YouTube, and I started watching it, and it was in German. So I said, oh, shit. Like, let me go back. (laughs) So I found the English version, and I immediately regretted it. I should have just watched it in German. And the reason for that is it started off, and a little kid gets killed. And I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then a minute later, it's a scene with the girl's dad and mom having a conversation. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, Scott, as as we know, as Brian has said, a kid gets killed. Well, I, I want to preface this with a, another apology. You guys watched this in fucking grimy 240p. Uh, no, I, I, I did not. I watched it on a brand new Blu-ray that I purchased from Scream Factory that got released this year. <laughs> I'm so, Oh, man. Uh, apology. <laughs> Times 10. It almost makes up for the fact that I've been podcasting with you for like six years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched it in 1040 and it's still unwatchable. It, this is a watch once with friends kind of movie, kind of so you can do a little riff tracks thing. I watched it twice and the second watch is hard. Yeah. Definitely a harder watch. But the, the whole the whole point of this film is that Barbie Benton. Yeah. We can just call her Barbie the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, Barbie, because everybody, nobody's going to care about the actual characters. The, the script writers didn't even care about the actual characters. No. So, <clears throat> all I remember is Barbie Harold. Because, <laughs> yeah. man, Harold, early on in this movie, I can relate, buddy. <laughs> giving, giving a love letter and just watching through the window as the girl's like, fuck you, and like tosses it on the ground. <laughs> like, so is there such thing as a Valentine's Day cake? Because cause <laughs> Barbie Benton, so the movie starts off with Barbie Benton as a kid. Well, you figure it out that she's as a, a, a child. She's like eight and she's playing with her buddy. They're playing trains and she keeps on going, go faster. And that's what I say to this movie because the plot just drags ass. <laughs> but uh, so then then Harold is like watching out the window and he knocks on the door and or or throws a brick through the window with a, a, a what, what does he do? How does he get in the house? I can't remember. It's but he gets her a Valentine. He gets yeah, a Valentine. It's like her. a shoddily made crayon and construction paper. Like low effort. Come on, dude. No wonder mm-hmm. she doesn't want to go out with you. <laughs> uh, but so so she's like, ah, oh, this is lame. And so she's like, let me get you some cake, boyfriend that I have already. Uh, because Harold is a creepy perv watching yeah. out the watching the it window. Does, so it does like this cool fake out at that point though where like where she gets the big knife. Yeah, because oh, you God. still don't know like where the, the first five minutes of this movie is easily the best part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I think you're forgetting the examination scene. <laughs> uh, I'm, sick, yeah. I'm sticking by my assessment because, uh, as Brian <laughs> said, it's for health reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of uncomfortable. Very much so. like, what's going to happen? To the, well, where are his fingers going is kind of the way I feel every time I watch that scene. Anyway, so she, she gets a gigantic knife. Like, it's literally the length of her forearm because she's eight years old. And she's kind of stalking towards this cake. And she's like, hey – Johnny, look what my mom made us. It's a Valentine's Day cake, I guess. And so she brings in two two pieces, and then he is impaled under the chin on the coat hanger, a coat rack. Yeah. And she, like, freaks out, and then she sees Harold smiling maniacally through the window. 
The fact that Harold doesn't get found and go to Dude, a psych ward for that's, his entire that's life. That's my last note. So, so can we spoil the ending yeah, real quick? Last my last is like, yeah, like, like, let's get this clear. So Harold kills a boy. Then nothing happens for 19 years and he becomes a murderous doctor. <laughs> like, did she say yeah, yeah. nothing or was this child's death just not a big deal in this town? <laughs> I have. Oh. <laughs> the, the internal logic of canon films pr- productions is just not very like, let's just kind of gloss that over. Let's just let this movie wash over you. Um. So so then we get Barbie Benton, who is at the height of her Playboy Playmate days. Like, I don't know how much Canon Films paid her to do this movie. Probably most of the or budget. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the it's the entire budget. And and then she still had like an almost no nudity clause, which I think is just ironic because I think she wanted to become an actual actress. And she's like, I can only be nude in one scene. <laughs> I don't know. Also, Barbie Benton, like, she's beautiful, but she always looks so pissed off. Yeah. Like permanently, I don't know. she's got that resting bitch face that I hear so much about. Yeah, yeah. She always looks like you're wasting her time. Like, <laughs> I'm watching your movie. <laughs> so so her feathered hair is just incredible. I think that, that actually was a quarter of the budget was was the effect of getting like, all the all the spray, uh, hairspray that they did for her hair and, and all of the lip gloss that they spent on her. But then we, we see her like, you know, going into the into the hospital. For this checkup because she's going to get a promotion at work, right? Yeah. And then we get the killer doctor from Last Slumber Party. Yeah, I have that same note. It's the same killer, (laughs) but like the Last Slumber Party one had better eyes. (laughs) (laughs) By by a slight, slight Because he had those those bugging out eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but when you first see the the doctor in this, he's doing the same shit. Yeah. And then, so Barbie Benton gets in an elevator to go up to have her her checkup, and there's a drunk guy who's in, like, he, it's like he's well, staying he's at the hospital. Well, well, well first, first she, she hits the wrong floor and ends up on a Biohazard album cover for a second. Ah, <laughs> yeah. every thrash metal. <laughs> Dudes in gas <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? And and this is like just shows how Canon just doesn't understand <laughs> movies because like I get what they're going for. Like you do like in a horror movie, you you creep around the corner and then a cat jumps at you and you're like, oh, that's not a killer. I jump. So their their way of doing that is to have a guy with blood on his face. Then it drip on her shoe, and then it comes up, and it's just a cheeseburger with the comical (laughs) amount of ketchup. And why is she looking all shocked? She can see the fucking cheeseburger in his hand. Ryan, are you familiar with Canon Films at all, or no? Yeah, you made me watch that documentary. Okay, cool, cool. I couldn't remember if I did or not, um, because we definitely watched a Canon film this summer when you came to visit. That shitty fish film. Oh, my God. What movie? Up from the depths, they're like Jaws ripoff where oh, they yeah. didn't finish building the shark. Okay, so so um, then there's the gas mask freak out. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm sorry, guys. This movie sucks real hard. Uh, <laughs> but then there's like the doctor that I guess you are supposed to understand or infer that that's Barbie's doctor. Um, but she's walking around on the fumigated floor. And she, wouldn't she be smart? She went to college for eight fucking years why is she dumb enough to be walking around on a floor being fumigated and then she gets murdered and tossed in a um in a locker the kill's okay um it's it's kind of funny but whatever it's just low effort and yeah. then so Barry benton's like 
waiting and for for her doctor who's now dead to come and do this examination she starts smoking in a hospital i mean it was the 80s it was a different time uh, yeah, it's but it's just such a weird, just a time capsule. Yeah, that that, that you can have patients drunk walking around, <laughs> sexually assaulting people, kind of, or having the implication that they're going to try people getting stuck in the hospital by um, candy stripers, more or less, like nurses. They're like, "You're staying here. We're gonna tie you down, and there's no due process." And <laughs> and and just like you can get to a floor that's being fumigated, you can smoke in the hospital people like type up their notes instead of having them on a computer like this movie could never happen again because you'd have to have somebody be smart enough to be a doctor and a murderer and be able to hack into files so yeah but the 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 best part about this movie might be the fact that it reminded me that janitors wore bow ties in the 80s yeah that was awesome so can we talk about the janitor death because i have a note or two about that yeah, please. Are you going to talk about the music that sounds like it's from Exorcist? No, I, I have this note where it says, oh, thank God, I thought he shoved his face in acid, but apparently it was just a bedazzler. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, and once again with the canon uh, fake scare is uh, he saw blood dripping, and then he said, oh, no, this is just a can of red. And no one questions, what is a can of red, and what is it doing there? <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and he's a janitor. His fucking job is to clean shit. And he's just like, well, I guess yeah. that's for somebody else. Yeah. They don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> well, they, they pay me enough to wear a bow tie, but not much else. <laughs> can of red. All right. Jesus Christ. It's just an unmarked can. I really like the podcast 99% Invisible. It's a Radiotopia podcast I think I've mentioned before on this show. And they did an episode a couple months back about hero props. That's props that are actually interacted with by actors in movies, and they play a part in the the um, in the plot. I would consider that can of red to be a hero prop. <laughs> Just think about that when you watch shitty eighties horror movies. You're like, that is a quote unquote hero prop. Oh God! <clears throat> the the killer doc is entertainingly nuts. He's just like kind of. <laughs> very very student bodies style i wonder did was student bodies 1980 or 1981 I think it was 1981 and i'm trying to decide if this had been out long enough for that to be what it for them to make fun of it because i always felt like i always felt like the student bodies um was doing a parody of the of black christmas like a big element of black christmas that's that's what we took yeah. it as when we did the episode and about it. and uh new year's evil because I feel like the killer New Year's Evil had like the real heavy breathing, and that was 1980. But it could be X-ray too, honestly. I want to check my copy and see when yeah. it came out. Yeah. All right. So, so he's also like smacking walls for no reason. He's just like so unhinged, but in like a funny way. It's it's such a strange. I don't know the the way that the guy acting. I, do you think that Harold, like the grown up Harold? Is the same actor as the guy who's killing everybody? I don't. I can't I, tell. I refuse to believe. No. <laughs> no. It can't be. Because he's, he's like, like handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So so we're we're on the same page. Good. 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 Yeah. Then we have the 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 clinking bottles sound effect in the old in the room full of old sick men and it's just funny like that's another part of the time capsule of this movie that like 
hospital fluids were in glass bottles in the 80s, in the 60s through the 80s, I guess, up until they started putting saline solution in, you know, like the, the plastic bags and stuff. It's just like that's a scene that could never happen again. Yeah. But this movie, feel, this movie feels like it was actually in an asylum. You know, like there are people like weirdos walking around, people getting drunk, people getting tied down to gurneys. The one doctor has framed photos of diseased body parts all along his wall. Yeah, like that's those were the two biggest things that really confused me. The whole movie was like, I I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the basis of the movie is this is a a normal hospital. That's why there happens to be a killer in it. So why is every fucking room and and every interaction seem like it was a dream in Dream Warriors? <laughs> like I just felt like I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street four, which would be which would time. be way more fun than watching X Ray ever again. Yeah, I would absolutely yeah. watch that movie before I I, I watch this again. Yeah. So there's a scene where do you want to get onto that whatever scene you're going to talk about, or do you want to talk about the part where Susan finally gets naked? Okay, let's do that first because I think mine's immediately <laughs> after that. Because uh, I, okay. I have two notes about that scene. One says, call me crazy, but I don't think he's an actual doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's because he goes, yes, Susan, please get undressed. And then I have in parentheses, slowly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he watches her and there's, of course, a light. So she goes behind like a screen and there's a light in the screen. So you can see a perfect outline of her curves. And he's just like watching her like scratching his chin getting <laughs> oh, you know. do you realize then, this is the scene that they wrote first <laughs> like, this, yeah, is like, this is actually yeah. the only scene they wrote to put pitch to barbie benton and so they they then another doctor comes in and is like i didn't need an explanation for why this woman is getting naked in your office <laughs> she's like who the fuck are you and why is this woman getting nude? because <laughs> uh, they like both watch and then there's this um so <clears throat> they they have her come and and walk up she, you get a nice little butt shot of like another time capsule of this movie is when panties were silk and kind of droopy and so it looks like you may or may not have pooped yourself a little bit <laughs> like no matter how sexy a woman is in 80s movies it always looks like there may be a little nug in the back there uh and so she sits down and then he like immediately like pulls like why did you even have her put the scrub on if you're gonna immediately pull it down and stare longingly at her chest it's like yes yeah, she, it's she's literally and- a like one in the morning showtime scene that's just plopped in the middle of this movie <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah and then so th- then he like starts to put his fingers on her and you get the most like I, the, the part that makes me the most uncomfortable is you get this gratuitous shot of her pubic mound yeah like it is just <laughs> bam. It is a good twenty seconds where it's just the camera is stuck where two thirds of the screen is her pubis. <laughs> I mean, she's wearing underpants, but it's just right there. Yeah. No, it's, oh, it's rough. And then, and and then he he like tells her he can get dressed, I guess. And, but she never really gets out of her. She never gets out of scrubs or whatever you know, like the hospital gown for the rest of the movie. She gets into a longer one. Or you don't really see much, but uh, it is just but the rough. the whole exam scene actually adds on to how shitty the customer service at this hospital. Yeah, because the homeless guy's just because, staring through the window the whole time. Yeah, the psych patient's just walking around all willy nilly, drinking whiskey, and then the, <laughs> the nurses the nurses treat him like a lazy father. Like they're just like, "What are you doing? Go back Go to your back room. to your room. Yeah, and then just leave." 
and just trust that he's doing the right thing, which he hasn't done the whole yeah, movie. We, we, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. You never <laughs> trust we him. Treat, right they treat him the way that like Brian and I treat some of our aunts and uncles. Like, oh Jesus Christ, they're at it again, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, Stop it. Um, so there's a scene where where uh, Barbie's boyfriend or husband or whoever sh- it's her b- fiance, fiance shows up. And like he starts to get interviewed by by the doctor, and there's a quote: "Does she let uh, let you touch oh, her oh, oh, I have it. <clears throat> No, no, no! I have the entire thing written okay. down. I'm going to present it for you. Is she your mistress? Are you sleeping together? Can you touch her wherever you like in all her secret places? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I spit all shit. over my mic screen. <laughs> God, this movie sucks so bad. But that, like, it's parts like that that sounds straight out of New Year's Evil. Like, that yeah. stuff is, like, 100% New Year's Evil. This this is also a point where uh, I have a line that just says, it's a dick in a box, uh, which she gets the box <laughs> of the dudes. Yeah, I thought that night, though, too. Oh, my God. And then I said, what woman doesn't want to get head for Valentine's Day? <laughs> Um, but this is like that point where I'm like, man, this really feels like the last like 20 minutes of Dr. Giggles, which is also the worst part of Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Yeah. When it won't end. That movie won't end. This scene actually helped me finish the movie because I was watching it at 2 a.m. and just fighting to stay awake. And when she finds his head in the box and it's the POV shot of her running down the hallway, I like propped up and just started. Now this has my attention. Yeah. Because it's like, you know how people run, and it's just like shaking all over the place. And then, I mean, this is pretty much, at least at this point, once the head is in the box, we kind of get to, like, the final act of the slasher movie, where now it's, like, her running around and, like, the killer getting the last couple people and the fight. Like, we can kind of start trucking through this portion of it, because it's yeah. it's that, like, super... This is, like, the, the pace we'd been waiting for for an hour and 20 minutes yeah. to show up. Oh, yeah. The, guy, the, the doctor spitting blood out of his mouth actually got me. Like, I was like, oh! Like, it's like, <laughs> is it, yeah. it came out of nowhere, but... Uh, I, my Actually, my favorite... I think my favorite kill in this movie might be, and correct me if I'm forgetting one, but the most absurd kill, and therefore my favorite, is that nurse, or uh, maybe she's an OR doctor, and the, 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 the killer doc like, comes after her with a, <laughs> like, with a sheet. And like, oh, oh God, sheet. it's so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm a spooky ghost. <laughs> and I don't understand... Like, does he? I I think that he stabs her with some sort of poison in her heart. Maybe yeah, you know. I, yeah, yeah. It was like a black liquid. Yeah, I wish that this movie would have done the val uh, the the bloody my bloody Valentine thing, where all the kills and Valentine, where all the kills are kind of like related to hearts. Yeah, because that would have made sense. Because like when you get the denouement of it being Harold from her childhood, which if you hadn't figured that out in 1981 watching this movie like you're an idiot yeah um because it, it literally there is only one killer in the whole movie <laughs> uh but like him being like it's i want your heart and the, like if they had just had everybody get murdered because he's obsessed with hearts like it should have been this movie would have gotten at least an extra half star for it's me it's such a non-factor that it's valentine's day in this movie like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is such I a did- non-factor it was a great killer reveal. 
you know, and the the only reason I even figured out it was him was because everyone else was already fucking dead. They killed everybody in the movie. Oh, I wonder who the killer is. Wow. The one doctor who's not here. So I have a note that doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe if I read it, either one of you can tell me what I was thinking about when I wrote this. It just says... I love the open style soundtrack. Was the soundtrack um, like all over the place or something? Yeah. Well, oh, so we have. Oh, oh, I, it says opera. I love the opera style soundtrack. <laughs> this is why I type my yeah, notes. And you dude, write my handwriting notes. is horrendous. Um, yeah, no, I know. it sounds like it's straight out of the omen. Like it's like, oh, so dominos. Like it's like. I was thinking Exorcist. You're right, though. It's Omen. Um, it, it, it's half Omen, half tourist trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, the, the only movie that we've ever watched where the soundtrack is just a series of sighs. <laughs> and, it, and it works. It works so well. Brian, you got to watch Tourist Trap sometime. Literally, the soundtrack is just... <sighs> Hot, <laughs> like no. It's on It'll make you feel uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's a really good movie. It's like a. It also. It's like a parody of like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a weird way. But it's still good. Like it's a parody, but it's still good. Yeah. It's almost like a pastiche. Yeah. But Brian, um, I want to hang out with you and watch it. Like I know that you live in Florida, so um, maybe we can figure out a way that you can come up to Philly and I can go to Philly, and the three of us can like watch it together because <laughs> I, I feel like I don't need to watch that movie alone ever again, but I would absolutely love to watch it with people that have never seen it before. All right. We can, we can work something out. Well, do sure. we have anything else to say with X-Ray at this point? Uh, the best part of the movie. I'm sorry. I forgot about the, the, the best kill of the movie. The, the actual best kill of the movie is the comically obvious burning dummy that goes flying off the roof. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You went down in the blaze of glory, am I right, fellas? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey-o. <laughs> uh, and then we immediately get credits. Like, Barbie Benton comes out of the hospital, hugs her daughter, and, like, she's not distraught about her fiancé's head. And she just, like, hugs and... That's every 80s movie. Ugh. Every 80s movie has this, like, unexplainable happy ending. So did you guys watch the trailer before watching the movie? No. No. Okay, just to uh, show you again how Canon doesn't understand movies, the trailer literally has the mask reveal and the demise of the killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. And both both Hard Rock Zombies and X-Ray's trailers are four minutes long with just a rock song over top. <laughs> like, they're just music videos. Hey, man, that's how you did it in the 80s. Yeah, I guess. Hey- What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, 
or wherever else you may find your podcast. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Guys, we just want to take a quick break in the middle of the episode to remind you that Scott and I... Yeah, I'm here. ...are going to be at Monster Mania this year. Uh, once again, it's going to be on March 9th through the 11th. If you're in the area, please come by, swing by, say hi. We're going to be having some pizza party with anybody who listens to the show on Friday night. It should be fun. And then Saturday, it's the big moment. It's the big event, perhaps. Uh, we'll be doing two live episodes. Scott, what movies are we going to be talking about? Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh, man, it's going to be a three-evening with horror movie night. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be having it at a place called The Big Event. There's bowling, there's video games, there's pool. I think I heard that there's laser tag, but when I did the tour, I didn't see it. So I don't know. The website might be lying. <laughs> Regardless, come check it out. It's going to be a free event. Get drunk, get bowling, watch us do our live show. There'll be some guest appearances from some fan favorites. Now back to the episode. So what did you guys watch this week? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say my piece and I'm, I'm going to leave, but I just – I don't know um... – I don't know if I like this movie or not. I, I've been so back and forth since I, I watched uh, The House on Willow Grove. Willow Street? Is that the Willow one where Street. the chick is is possessed? Yeah. like I've, I've, So I'm unfair. Like Anytime you do something that is somewhat original uh, in this day and age, I have like a certain amount of respect for you off, off the bat. Yeah. Um, and I, I cannot figure out – like I rack my brain because there's some part of the movie where I'm like, this is awful – and then I'm like, it's actually a pretty good movie. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like the movie. I've been thinking about it for the past four days, and I can't figure out if I like the movie or not. This is what I will say about that. When that happens to me, I give the movie props for making me think about it after I watch it. Because I watch a lot of bullshit that I don't think about after I watch. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mark it off as a like then. All right. Then I'll go next. Uh, I watched – it was – so uh, X-Ray came on a double disc DVD. Uh, from Blue, uh, from Scream Factory, the other movie on there was called Schizoid, and it was just okay. Uh, I think this was better than Schizoid, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, that's not saying much, man. Um, and then I also saw Wrong Turn 2, which I think is a lot better than Wrong Turn 1. I, uh, I had a lot of fun with Wrong Turn 2. I don't know if I want to watch the other, like, 45 movies in that <laughs> franchise, but uh, Wrong Turn 2 surprised me with how fun it was. Hey, question about the wrong turn movies. I've only I've, seen two of them, so I can only answer so well, much. <laughs> I've seen I've seen one because like the first one came out when I was in high school. I want to say um, I think I was working at the video store when the first wrong turn came out. That's I got Eliza Dushku in the first one, right? Yeah, I think so. Is she is she in the second one or is she dead? Um, I think she is uh, dead by then. She's definitely not in it. 
Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. Doesn't matter. Does not matter to the the actual like implications of the film. But um yeah, like Eliza Dushku is probably the best part about that that entire franchise. Um cuz that's also like Eliza Dushku um doing Buffy and doing the new guy just like at the height of her hotness. So, I can't see the second one being much better just due to the fact that it doesn't have like hot Eliza Dushku in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it more cause it's way gorier and it's, uh, it's early Joe Lynch. Like it was one of Joe Lynch's first movies. So who's that? Uh, he did Wolf. Or wait, no, is that Joe Lynch? No, that's not Joe Lynch. Who the fuck is Joe Lynch? Oh, he did a uh, Chillerama and like stuff like that. He, he's, Oh yeah. He's yeah. like a good dude. He was the one that was on the Geekscape podcast recently. That was like really, uh, chill. So I wanted to check yeah. it out because of that too, because it was like, okay, that guy seems cool. I love <laughs> Chillerama. I, I watched Chillerama <clears throat> before we even started podcasting together, and I was like, this movie. Rules. Yeah, that movie's really fun. It's a little too long. Like, it makes it hard to want to rewatch it because it's like two hours long. I think, but it's a fun anthology. Yeah, play. yeah, I would highly recommend people watch it. Maybe watch it one at a time. You don't have to watch it all in one sitting. It probably would make it better if you didn't. I remember being a slightly nonplussed by one or two of the um one or two of the skits but i gave it mad props for the fact that it did what it did as well also because that was like what 2005 or 6 when it came out i want to say um was it 2007 uh i think you're giving it too much credit i think it's like within the last like five or six years chillerama no chillerama is from before we started podcasting together I want maybe Holy 2011. Yeah, it may have been right before then because it's still fairly new. Okay, yeah. so I must have watched it right when it came out. Um, it just feels like it was right when I moved to Akron, but I guess it was later. Anyway, um, so you can cut that from the episode because <laughs> it makes me sound like a dumb shit. But you'll probably keep it in because it makes me sound like a dumb shit. So for me, I wanted to talk about a non-horror movie that I watched. Well, Megan and I watched it together. Um so I don't really like action movies a whole lot, and I really don't like um, James Bond movies. Okay. But that's my preface to saying that we watched Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I heard that that's a really fun movie. I heard the Kingsman films are both the like really Kingsman fun. The Kingsman movies are awesome. They are so good. Um, they, because I, I feel like they do the best possible thing, which is kind of make – subtle jokes about James Bond tropes without smashing you over the head with it. And I I just think that they're smartly written and they are crazy over the top, but they make you kind of like roll your eyes in a, okay, we're in on the joke and it's good. You know, it's such a thin line to, to walk and they do it well. Like I love both of them and I love the actors in all of them. Um, Julianne Moore is in the second one. Uh, and she's just great. Like she's always great. And I felt like they had it was a, a perfect action flick for me because it had great action choreography, just like the first one. And I don't remember if I said something on the podcast the first when we watched the first one or not. I don't know if we were doing the what did we watch at that point. That might not have that might have actually been before uh, horror movie night. It might have been Reddit Horror Club. But um, the action choreography is amazing. The cinematography is so good. I don't mind the over the topness of it because it's like it's like metal. Like for me, I like when metal is over the top and it kind of is tongue in cheek, but still 
has the charm and the heart there. And I feel like that is exactly what the Kingsman movies do. They have they they have a true love for James Bond like agent secret agent movies, but they also realize that they're kind of ridiculous. And so they don't really try and do anything but that. But then they all this one also has kind of a nice social message to it about the war on drugs, but it still isn't too heavy-handed. It's just like a really really well-written movie and it it comes across as such. Really great. Good good flick. Um but then I need to tell you about a um a, a less upbeat thing that I watched. Um I watched the first four episodes of Black Mirror season four. Okay, so I do plan on watching it one day. Obviously, don't spoil the uh, the plot. But what's it. your overall feeling of the first four episodes? Because you and I have talked about this, and the reason I haven't watched it yet is that I just feel like I have to be in a very specific mood to watch Black Mirror. Well, and what I said is that you can be in one of two moods to watch Black Mirror. Either you can be really happy, and therefore you can steel yourself against the depressing shit that you're about to watch. Or you can be depressed and be like, fuck it, just lay it on me. You know, you're already there and you're just going to let it just – it's just – you're going to wallow. I was working from home and I had it on on my separate screen and um, it took me all day to watch four episodes because I kept pausing because I was like, I have to work. I I, Like let me take a break and watch some and then like I couldn't really have it on as like a on the side kind of thing. It's intense. I do like the USS Callister episode, the first episode. Yeah, that's been getting, um, like, crazy positive reviews. So I feel like I need to make it a point to at least see that one. Well, what what's going to happen is that you – and you need to watch it because it's got the mom from How I Met Your Mother as the main character in it. So, Oh, nice. I love that girl. Yeah, she's – She's, like, local to my area too, like semi-local. She's from, like, South Jersey. Yeah, she's she's cool. She's she's great in it. Um, I, I And, and – my biggest okay, and then I really had a lot of feelings from Hang the DJ episode four, uh, which is the other one that everybody is just screaming about on the internet um, about how much they love it. I have, I I felt like they did a. My big problem with that is that it felt like they had already done that concept and that conceit in other episodes of Black Mirror, which is a pastiche or kind of like an homage to Twilight Zone movie or TV shows, episodes. And therefore, I've seen it done multiple times in multiple ways. Um, I, I feel like the idea of Black Mirror is great, but I've watched so much Twilight Zone and I've watched enough Black Mirror that I just can't care to finish a season. Like, I don't think I've finished any season of Black Mirror. Well, and that's the thing is I I don't one of the things that kind of turned me off when it went to Netflix was that the original like BBC run was each season was three episodes. And I'm like, that's the right amount of episodes for something like Black Mirror, because like it's so heavy that after three, you kind of want to walk away for a year. But I think the Netflix seasons are what, like 10 episodes? I don't know. It's 10 or 12. (laughs) Yeah, um, and, and that's just too much. Long a piece. It is a lot to take yeah, in. Yeah, that's like too much. And that's like the thing. Even Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone is heavy, but like, and, but those episodes are twenty minutes a piece. Yeah, being twenty minutes, and like some of them are uplifting, and other ones are like just. And that's that's the thing I always kind of got bummed out about when people would compare it to the Twilight Zone because I don't think it's accurate. I well, think it's, it's a modern Twilight Zone. I, I but, really argue that it is. But I would argue that it's more of an outer limit show. 
Because if you watch the okay. Outer Limits, if you watch the Outer Limits versus the Twilight Zone, and I've always argued this, the Twilight Zone, while it's horrifying, always ends with this feeling of hopefulness that, like, mm, not the, all of them, dude. But, there are but, tons uh, where they get that negative out but, of that ending. Just like the first one that comes to mind is the guy who wishes to have all the time to read books, and then he gets it, and then. He smashes his. He steps on yeah. his his glasses. No, no, that I agree. With, feeling, I agree with that. There's that's the, the feeling that that Black Mirror is trying to go for. That and that's fine. And and yes, there are like heavy episodes of Twilight Zone, but there's a lot, a lot of them that that have like a more positive message of right. like we can do better. Like like as heavy as it gets, there's still like usually some glimmer of hope in most Twilight Zone episodes. The Outer Limits, however, was always a much more harsher, like, humankind is ruining itself. Like, it's always these alien interactions where the humans are the far worse people than the aliens every single time. And, like, you know, the, like, Outer Limits was so heavy that it became the basis of the Watchmen plotline. Like, that the only way to unite Amer the world is to have an off-the-planet villain for us to kill. Like, you know, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right that, that Alan Moore used that as, like, the, the, the concept yeah, for it. Yeah, it's hinted at in the very last panel of uh, the comic book. After everything happens, a little girl's watching The Outer Limits, and the episode is that episode where they turn the soldier into an alien so that the world can unite to fight the alien. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, you mean in the actual comic book? Yeah. In the graphic novel? Yeah, in the actual graphic novel. It's been a novel. while since I – because I, I love Alan Moore. You know that. But yeah. that is wild. I never knew that she was watching The Outer Limits. Yeah, that's – because I remember that's I saw really that and nice I'm like – Yeah, I was like, that's great because that is what the, this is all about. It's it's that Outer Limits episode. Um all right. <laughs> Ending on a heavy note here. Uh, so would you or would you not recommend uh, Black Mirror season four? If you like Black Mirror, then yeah, you you yeah, you love same. the season. But um, I, I would say watch USS Callister and Hang the DJ if you don't love Black Mirror. And then you can call it a day because um, – and, and I would love to have a conversation probably offline with you, Matt, once you watch Hang the DJ, because um, I have some serious issues with the the logic of that episode. It it makes me very angry. Okay. Um, and, and it's not supposed to, but it does. Okay. Well, that was X-Ray uh, from 1981. For some reason, I had 83 written down on my sheet of paper. As picked by you, Scott, we were joined by my little baby brother, Brian B. Kelly. Uh, but he is uh, taking care of his dog right now who needs to go to the vet. Hope So, you know, hearts out to you, buddy. I hope that you feel better. Um, that is it for this week. We will be back next week. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, not Jurassic Park. Uh, but make sure that you're checking us out on the Facebook page and the Twitter account and all of those other cool things so that, you know, you know what's going on. You know what's hip. You're cool with it. You can join us on the Patreon account and you can get all types of cool insider trading through our Patreon account. So <laughs> do not miss out on all the cool things going on with Horror Movie Night. We're going to try to make 2018 our best year ever. And uh, happy Valentine's Day to all you lonely horror boot buffs out there because we know how it is you know just just you know grab grab x-ray grab some my bloody valentine grab valentine maybe even dr giggles that has a lot of heart trauma in it and just you know it's not so bad it's not so bad we'll get through this it'll be it'll be february 15th soon enough all right love you guys bye 
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Geekscape Network. 